So I want you all to open your Bibles to Psalm 95. Uh, and then open also your Bibles to Hebrews 37, or 3, I'm sorry. Psalm 95, and starting with verse 8. And then we're going to go to Hebrews 3, starting with verse 7. <clears throat> the name of our teaching tonight is the danger of a hard heart. Y'all ready to receive it? Amen. Amen. Psalm 95, starting with verse 8. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, it's a people, it is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Y'all know God sees our hearts, right? Amen. He's the only one that sees our hearts. You can't see your heart, but he sees our hearts. <clears throat> so let's read Hebrews 3 now in the New Testament, 7 through 14 or 15. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me and tried me, and they saw my works for 40 years. And therefore I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. And so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Lord, I ask you to bless the reading of the Holy Word, of your Holy Word, Father God, and I ask you to teach us in Jesus' name by the power of your Spirit. Amen. Y'all can be seated. So... <clears throat> It's today, if you hear his voice. Not tomorrow or the next day or next month, but today, if you hear his voice. The writer is using this example of the failure of the Israelites in the wilderness. He's warning us of the perils of unbelief. Their spirit of disobedience resulted in God's wrath and it excluded them from the entrance to the promised rest. I don't want to be excluded, do you? Unbelief is caused by a hardened heart, which is caused by the deceitfulness of sin. Now, a hardened heart will keep you from being teachable, and a hardened heart will also teach you from, keep you from being forgiving. If you walk in with a hard heart, you're probably walking in unforgiveness. Tonight, I mean, let me just stop for a second. If you're here tonight and you hear something that teach, touches your heart, I want you to act on it tonight. I don't want you to say, oh, well, I'm not so bad. God loves us with an everlasting love. And like I said, he loves us too much to leave us where we are. So if you get convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit tonight, just repent. God is merciful. The result is departing from the living God. If you walk with a hardened heart long enough, you will depart from God. 
Constant encouragement in the midst of a caring fellowship will help believers remain faithful. That's what we're doing tonight. We're coming together as the body, and we're lifting each other up. We're lifting each other up through God's Word and through prayer. Partaking of Christ requires a continuance in the faith. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a one-time experience. I think of Mary Magdalene. You know the story of Mary Magdalene. The Lord delivered her from seven demons. And she didn't say, oh, thanks a lot, and I'll see you. No, she stuck with him. She never left his side. She was with him at the cross. She went all the way with Jesus, all the way to the cross. And she was learning of him, and he was teaching her all that way. She partook of Jesus. And I want to tell you what part, part, to partake means. It means you're a participant. You are a participant. You are an associate. You are a sharer. You are a partner and a companion. That's what it means to partake. In Proverbs 29.1, it says there is a very, well, I say to you, there is a very important principle. You don't have to go there tonight, but if you want to, you might want to write it down because it, it's very important. Proverbs 21, I'm sorry, 29.1. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Proverbs 29.1. And so it's dangerous to risk or to allow your heart to become hardened. It's a dangerous thing. Some people who have repeatedly heard the gospel falsely believe they can continue to put off either giving their hearts to the Lord or turning from a certain behavior. They think they've got plenty of time. I'll just do it later. They say, I know this lifestyle I'm living is not right. The Holy Spirit's already convicted me, but I'm just going to live it a little bit longer. I'm going to wait till I'm a little bit older. And then, and then maybe I'll turn. Their attitude is, I know what's right, but I'm going to keep on doing what's wrong. Don't get so quiet. Jesus loves us, remember? This is his word. We're studying his word. The problem with thinking that way is a person's heart becomes more and more hardened. Every time the Spirit of God deals with you and you don't adhere to what he's saying, your heart gets a little bit harder. And that person's heart can finally become so hardened that he will be left to eat the fruit of his own way. Proverbs 1 Verse 31. In fact, I want to read to you from Proverbs. If Celia will hand me my Bible, I'm going to... Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs 1. Pastor says when we look up Scripture like this, we're handling the Word. So we're honoring him tonight to do that. Proverbs 1, verse 28. And then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they, they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel 
and despised by every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. Uh-oh. I don't want to be filled with my own fancies. Even when the Holy Spirit continues to deal with that person, he can reach a place where sin is so commonplace and it's accepted in his life and he refuses to be corrected or brought to repentance. He refuses to be brought to repentance. We can become desensitized to sin if we keep on staying in it. You know, I remember when the Lord brought me out of the world, when he came, brought me out of worldly living, and I began to follow the Lord, and I began to listen to teachings, and I began to study the Word. And suddenly, those things that were commonplace to me when I was in the world became disgustingly sinful. Amen. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to cause our sin to be disgustingly sinful to us. We don't want to get comfortable in that place. God will forgive us as soon as we come to Him and repent. His mercies do every morning. If we go to him, he will forgive us. So we're taking a terrible chance when we continue doing what we know isn't right. Y'all know that's the truth? Yeah. Say amen. amen. <laughs> that's the kind of situation that Proverbs 29.1 is talking about. That person who has often been reproved hardens his neck and he's suddenly going to be destroyed without remedy. You can cut your life short. You can cut your life short because sin opens the door to the devil. You know, I, I, uh, I once ministered to a, a young man. He was about 40 years old, I think. And he had never, and I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you all or not. The ladies that come go to the Bible study on Tuesday nights know about him. But his name was Bruce. <clears throat> and he had been addicted to drugs since he was about 14. He didn't know any other way to live except on drugs and alcohol. He didn't know. And the Lord spoke to me and, and through a friend and told me to go speak words of life into him. And so for at least six months, maybe longer, I went to the, the nursing home where he was trying. They, they thought he was going to die, first of all. In fact, he was on life support. And they thought he was going to die. And so somebody had asked me to pray, and I had the ladies pray with me, and we prayed for this man, and, and he didn't die. So they ended up sending him to Beeville, and they ended up sent, putting him in one of the nursing homes here so he could be close to his mother. And that's when the Lord told me to go, go speak to him. So I went out there, and he gave his heart to Jesus. He didn't know anything about the Lord. He didn't even know about David and Goliath. He knew absolutely nothing. So I just read to him, and they still thought he was going to die. Even though they'd taken him off life support, they had him on some heavy-duty drugs that they gave him thinking he was going to die. So then he had, to, he had to get off of those. And so often when I was reading to him, he'd be going from one end of the bed to the other. He's trying to come off the script drugs that they put him on. And I just kept reading to him because that's what the Lord said to do. After he got better, we laughed about it. And I said, how did you feel about me reading to you, Bruce? He said, I didn't have any choice. <laughs> he was pretty much stuck there. And the Lord told me to do it, and I did it. And, uh, but, but in the course of, of reading to Bruce the Word of God and speaking words of life into him, 
He had four kids. And he, he made contact with all four of those kids, reunited with all four of those kids. Nope, it wasn't like really a teaching. It was just a reading of God's Word. And he got out of that place, and he ended up going to a rehab place in uh, Corpus. And he stayed there six months. And when he came out, the first thing he did was get him something to drink, go buy a six-pack of beer. And I fussed at him. I treated him. I was like his mama, you know. Uh, and I tried to get him in a program, and I tried to get him to change his ways. And he did change his ways somewhat. He went to work. He started working. But he would not do it God's way. He just kept dabbling in it. And finally, uh, somebody called me and asked me to come pray for him because he was in the hospital because he contacted a, some sort of bacteria because of his drug use. And so I went and prayed for him, and I said, how much longer, how many more times are you going to test God? And he said, I don't know, just pray for me. So I did, and the Lord healed him again, raised him up again, made him strong again, and he was able to go out and work. But he would not stop living that way. And he died at a young age. But I know he was saved. I know he was saved. God loved him so much that he sent somebody that didn't even know him to go and minister to him. But he cut his life short because he wouldn't change. He, he would not change his ways. And so it's not a good thing for us to harden our hearts. It's not a good thing for us to harden our hearts. Also, you can't predict the kind of toll that sin's going to take on your life like Bruce couldn't. It finally just took a toll, and that was a strong bacteria, whatever it was. You can fool around and resist the Holy Spirit until you completely harden your heart to him. So don't be deceived into thinking that I'll live in sin for a while and I'll change later because that's a lie from the pits of hell. You could become so hardened that you wouldn't want to repent even though God is always ready to forgive you. And I'm gonna, I keep on saying that because that's the way our Lord is. He's always ready to forgive us. And cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. And another problem with thinking that way is it, it may be later than you think. It may be later than you think. Today may be the last day you have on earth. The scripture says today. Say today. today. Like now is the time. At times, the Spirit of God will correct you or tell you what you need to do. He'll warn you in your spirit, this isn't right. It's against God's Word. And if you don't respond to that inward leading, you're resisting both the Word and the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I like it when God corrects me. I need for Him to correct me. I don't want to get too far into anything. The Bible says He corrects His children. So I look forward to correction. But by ignoring that inward leading, that's how your heart grows callous towards God. That's what happened to the children of Israel in the wilderness. They hardened their hearts to God's instruction. Y'all know the story. The Israelites witnessed many miracles as God delivered them out of the bondage of Egypt. And I, how many of y'all have witnessed miracles of God since you've been saved? See, we've all witnessed his miracle working power in our lives and in people's lives that we know. 
And then the Israelites had witnessed many miracles. He wanted to bring them into the promised land, a land uh, uh, where there was an abundance of everything. And, you know, that's what he wants to do for us. But when we resist the inward leading of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we can't get there. But that's what he wants for us. He wanted for them, it, it talks about it in Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 28, he wanted them to dispossess the heathen nations by laying up his words in their hearts and obeying it so that their days could be multiplied and they could live in days of heaven upon the earth. He wanted to make it good for them. But <laughs> when God told the Israelites to go up against their enemies and take the land, they refused to do it. Y'all remember the story. They sent the spies in, 10 spies, and they came back with a bad report. They wouldn't mix the, God's instruction with their faith. And those, those people that came back, those spies that came back said, those who dwell in the land are too big for us. There's giants in the land. And the Israelites believed the bad report. That's what they chose to believe. I love that old song, Whose Report Will You Believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. But see, Joshua and Caleb declared, we can take the land. God is with us. We can take, so whatever your situation is, you can take the land because God is with you. Whatever it is. I don't care if it's addiction. I don't care if it's unforgiveness. Uh, I don't care if it's a breakdown in your marriage. You can make it right in Jesus' name. <clears throat> so Joshua and Caleb declared, we can take the land. God is with us. I want us to declare, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, who strengthens me. We, that should, we should just chant that every day. Or, or how about I can, uh, I'm an overcomer in Jesus. Say, I'm an overcomer. <laughs> By the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony, I'm an overcomer. But the people chose to harden their hearts instead and agree with the report of doubt and unbelief. They hardened their hearts. And you can read about all that in Numbers chapters 13 and 14. I'm not going to go there tonight. I'm just kind of paraphrasing the story. But this wasn't the first time that the people had agreed with the enemy. Again and again, God reproved them from their disobedience and their unbelief. And again and again, they hardened their hearts and they didn't listen. Is that true of you tonight? Has he tried to bring you out of a particular lifestyle? You said, well, maybe a little later. I just want to stay here for a little bit longer. Wait till I get a little bit older. The wisdom of Proverbs 29.1 came to pass in their lives. Their own hard hearts had broken them without remedy. Their own hard hearts had broken them without remedy. That wasn't God's will. It was his will that they possess the land, but they wouldn't do it God's way, so he sent them back to the wilderness to die. How many of you know if you stay in the wilderness or the world long enough, you'll die out there? All those who hardened their, their necks against God lost their opportunity to enter the promised land. When God told them to go back in the wilderness, wilderness they rebelled again. They said, no, now we want to fight. But Moses warned them, don't go up there because the Lord's not with you. Don't go do it. You'll be defeated. But one more time, 
they hardened their hearts against God's counsel, and they went up and they tried to conquer the, the Canaanites and the Amalekites without God with them. Needless to say, they were defeated. They suffered a great defeat. You can read about it in Numbers 14, 40 through 45. So over the next 40 years, everyone over 20 years old died in the wilderness except for Joshua and Caleb. And those two men of faith received God's word and were willing to obey it. And God kept them strong and alive. I don't know about you, but I want to be like Joshua and Caleb. When Caleb was 80 years old, he came out of the wilderness just as strong as he was when he went in. Just as strong as he was when he went in. He was still believing God. He was still strong in his body, declaring, God, give me that mountain. God, give me that mountain. If the Lord be with me, then I will be able to drive them out. That was Joshua 14, 6 through 13. If the Lord be with me, I will be able to drive them out. We can speak to our enemy like that in Jesus' name. But see, all those others that had hardened their hearts died. And the children of Israel couldn't enter the promised land because of their unbelief. I want to believe it and I want to receive it. His word is yea and amen. So the sin of unbelief gives the devil a foothold and it keeps you from receiving God's promise in your life. I think of all the years that the devil lied to me and I didn't even know the difference until I got to know Jesus, until I got to know his word, until I started applying it to my life and then I found out the devil's a liar. The devil is a liar. The word must be mixed with faith if it is to be effective in our lives. Hebrews 4 verse 2. The promise of God has to be heard and it has to be believed. When God reproves us and corrects us, we've got to listen and obey quickly. He likes obedience better than sacrifice. Obedience is so important. And if you have a hard heart, more than likely you're not going to obey him. How many of you think you know something? You know, as long as you think you know something, you're not going to be teachable. You need to surrender. Surrender. I like to ask him if there's anything in my heart that's not of him to shine the bright light of the Holy Spirit in there and show me or remove it from me. It's dangerous. If we want to prosper and be blessed, we need to follow God and heed his instruction. The final end of a hard heart doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it takes years of rebelling against God before there's a big calamity. But that disobedience will bring calamity. It will bring calamity. It's, is it God's fault? No, it's not God's fault. Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. It's a serious thing to harden our hearts and stiffen our necks against God. God's warning is stern in Hebrews 3, 12, and 13. Let me read it again. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you, in any of you, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. 
But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Unbelief is caused by a hardened heart, which is caused by the deceitfulness of sin. See, sin will deceive you. Sin will tell you, you know, I've been married to this guy for 10 years. I mean, I think, I think there's somebody better out there for me. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Sin, the deceitfulness of sin, will it will deceive you and say, golly, I'm having so much fun out here doing dope, not going to church, doing whatever I want to do. I'm having so much fun. But one of these days, it'll turn on you. And all that fun won't be much to laugh at anymore. You say, how do you know? I'll tell you because I used to be there. But for the grace of God and the blood of Jesus. But I got washed in the blood of the Lamb. And the Lord opened my eyes. And now I know how to walk. I know how to walk because of him. And he wants that for everybody, all of his children. The results, if you stay in that hard-hearted place, is a departing from the Lord, a departing from the living God. So we've, we need to be exhorted every day from the word so our minds can continue to think according to God's wisdom, not the wisdom of the world. Without God's wisdom, our hearts can be hardened and sin becomes accept, acceptable to us. See, because the world wants us to think that the way they live is normal. And I did think that. How about y'all? Did y'all think that? Or have y'all always been saved and you never did anything wrong? <laughs> no. I used to think that when I was living in it. But once I started walking with the Lord, and once I began to read his word and it got down in my spirit, man, I thought, whoa, was that, whoa, that wasn't even fun. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I just want to say one more thing about a hardened heart concerning marriage. <clears throat> in Mark 10... Write it down. I want you to go read it. I, you don't have to go there right now, but I'm going to read from Mark 10, verses 1 through 5. It says, Then he arose from there, and he came to the region of Judea and the other side of the Jordan, and multitudes gathered to him again. And as he was accustomed, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? See, they were testing him. And he answered and he said to them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus answered and he said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. You see, if your heart is hard, you can have a failed marriage. But if your heart is tender towards the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you through that difficult time. He will lead you through that difficult time. 
Even now, in my own family, I'm watching a, 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 a devastating divorce, and my heart is broken because it doesn't have to happen. But because of the hardness of one person's heart, of course, the Lord's not finished yet. Amen. You know, there's some little part of me that says, oh, he can still turn it around. Amen. He can still turn. I'm not talking about my marriage, by the way. <laughs> Brother Bill is alive and well. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, we don't want to have a hard heart in any area of our lives. And you know, some of you may be sitting here thinking, well, I don't have a hard heart. I come to church. I tithe. I pray for people. Sometimes I go to Bible studies. Only the Lord knows your heart. Don't resist him. If he's, tonight, if he's, he, if he's convicting you by the power of his spirit tonight, don't resist him. Let's just deal with it. Let's just deal with it. Because he might be dealing with you tonight. If you need to repent and change something and you know it, let's do it tonight. Don't put it off because it's not going to get any easier. And don't assume you have forever. He said, today. He's trying to help you because he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. So don't harden his heart or his loving reproof if he's dealing with you tonight. Don't say, ah, I wish you'd hurry up and get through with this so I can get out of here. <laughs> don't leave here if he's dealing with you tonight until you repent. We're going to give you an opportunity. So we, if he's dealing with you tonight, you need to accept it and obey it and move on in your walk. See, until you obey him where you are right now, you're not going to go forward. He's got a lot for us to do, people. We need to go forward with kingdom living. Not with worldly living, but with kingdom living. And you know, he may be dealing with you tonight and it might be something little. It might just be something you said to somebody and you need to make that right. It might be somebody in your family that you're not willing to forgive. Get it right. How do I do that? You just yield to him. That's all. You just yield. You can't even work God's forgiveness in your heart yourself. But you can yield to him and say, I'm ready, Lord. I don't want to carry this anymore. You work it, Lord. Now, how do I know he'll do that? Because he did it in me. And I had a lot of unforgiveness. I want us to follow Caleb's example. When God tells you to do something, let your attitude be, Lord, give me that mountain. I can possess it. Because the Bible says that Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit. I used to always pray, Lord, give me an open, right, teachable spirit. I want an open, right, teachable spirit. And I want a tender heart. And the Lord does that work in our hearts. I don't want a hard heart. I know where it leads. You know, Caleb had a believing spirit and he had an obedient spirit. We need to mix God's word with faith so it can be effective in our lives. Memorize scripture, spend time meditating on God's word, and in his word we'll change our hearts. And when our hearts start to change, our behavior is going to change. 
And so I say to you tonight, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. I don't know how much time we have left in here tonight, but I would like to open the altar. And I'd like, if you heard anything tonight and the Holy Spirit has convicted you, I'd like for you to come up here. And I'd just like for you to get before the Lord. And if you want somebody to pray for you, we'll be happy to pray for you. But really and truly, this is between you and God. Or if you're here tonight and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never asked him to come into your heart and rule and reign and, and guide you and fill you up with his Holy Spirit, well, now's the time to do it. We don't know how long we have, people. We do not know. I'll never forget the young woman that uh, came to the ladies' Bible study after having backslidden for a long time. And she came for three months, and she, she got her, her heart right with God. She had turned and gone the other way. She had gotten back into drugs and alcohol, and she wasn't living for the Lord. And somehow she got convicted, and the Lord drew her back by the power of His Spirit. And she came back, and she came over to the ladies' Bible study, and we loved on her. And she got back in the Word of God, and she got her life right with the Lord. And one, one night, after 90 days of being clean and sober, she stood up, and she... She told us, and she was so proud, and her, her health was coming back, and she was feeling so good, and she got right with God again. She didn't know it, but the next day, was that was she went home. That was the last day of her life, but I praise God that he got her. He drew her back. He never took his hands off of her. Even though she went back out there, and even though she didn't live according to his will and his, his principles, he drew her back. He drew her back. He didn't let the devil kill her before she was ready to meet Jesus. And so tonight, I don't know where you are, but the Holy Spirit knows where you are. And if you need to repent of anything, it doesn't have to be a, a, you know, a, a, anything small or anything big. The altar's open, and I invite you to come and let the Lord deal with you tonight. Repent. Don't walk out of here with anything going on in your heart. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's just a lifestyle you haven't been able to let go of. The Lord will help you with it. He'll actually, he'll deliver you. Some of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And if you don't have anything to repent for, why don't you just come up here and worship him? Why don't you just come up here and thank him that you don't have a hard heart? Just worship him and praise him. And thank him for what he's done for you in your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit.